Welcome to Take Notes, SMB Global Rating's structured finance podcast and the credit events of your day. Tune in as your hosts, Jim Manzi and Tom Shoplocker, explore hot topics across the structured finance and global markets. Hello, and welcome to Take Notes. I'm your host, Tom Shoplocker, and today we'll be discussing the outlook for Latin American structured finance in 2022. Joining me today are analysts Jose Kobayasi, Antonio Zelik, Marcus Fernandez, and Daniela Fernandez. Welcome to the podcast. Structured finance ratings in Latin America were stable in 2021, with the region's economies recovered and collateral performance improved. Because inflation and political uncertainty present risks to collateral performance and operations in 2022, we believe that the risk adjustments we made to our base case expectations at the beginning of the pandemic remain appropriate. The Omicron variant is an additional consideration that we will incorporate into our analysis, especially in connection with liquidity positions of rated transactions in the context of potential mobility restrictions. We're forecasting Latin American structured finance issuance to reach $24 billion in 2022, flat relative to last year, and reflecting our projection for single-digit GDP growth in the major regional markets. In your outlook, you highlight five principles you consider during the rating process. Jose, outline these for us and explain which are the key concerns across the rated universe. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. The key rating principles that we evaluate when we assign a rating to a structured finance transaction are credit, cash flow, counterparty, legal, and operational risk. High inflation and low economic growth are the key risk factors that may affect the credit risk of our portfolio, given the impact that these variables may have on employment and household income and the performance of small and medium enterprises. Operational risk remains a key concern across the region, and I would say is the most relevant ESG consideration in our deals. In particular, we are dealing with many services that are relatively small and that have limitations in their corporate governance and funding. The bulk of Latin American structured finance issuance comes from Brazil, with about 21 billion last year and the same expected in 2022. Marcus, give us a sense of what is driving this issuance the most active asset classes, and what headwinds can be expected? Sure, Tom. Um, So 2021 was a very strong year for securitizations in Brazil, pretty much across all asset classes. We highlight uh, some that uh, presented particularly high issuance volumes. Um, Repackaged corporate securities or ABS synthetics through the issuance of agribusiness and real estate uh, receivable certificates, accounted for about 50%, 40 to 50% of the total issuances. Uh, in fact, real estate-related transactions had a record year in total issuances. This also includes commercial mortgage-backed securities, uh, in particular those backed by shopping malls, office spaces, and uh, logistics assets. Securitizations of consumer loans, both secured and unsecured, were also relevant through 2021, largely impacted by uh, increased origination volumes by fintechs on top of the expansion of traditional originators. Um, The great number of new originators, um, especially fintechs, also led to increased uh, transactions of uh, trade receivables uh, and corporate loan securitizations. For 2022, we anticipate some challenges to both new issuances and collateral pool performance. The increase in base interest rates, persistently high inflation, and unemployment rates 
will likely pressure payment capacity for individuals and liquidity for small and medium businesses. Therefore, some volatility in collateral performance is possible. Also, presidential elections in the second half and the pace of economic recovery adds uncertainties and contribute to our view of a flat new issuance growth expectations for 2022. Cross-border markets are an important part of Latin American structured finance. Jose, what can we expect in that sector in the coming year? Cross-border issuance in the region is focused on tailor-made transactions that reflect available market opportunity. In recent years, repackaged securities that fund infrastructure projects have been the most popular assets. And given the region's very significant infrastructure needs, this could continue to be the case this year. We also expect the participation of multilaterals to continue, providing support to transactions, mainly through partial guarantees. And we estimate that issuance may total a couple of billion dollars this year. Last year, there were 16 Mexican structured finance transactions, totaling $1.3 billion, with new issuance picking up through the year. By contrast, 2020 had nine deals worth $1.2 billion. Antonio, with issuance expected to be up slightly in 2022 at $1.3 billion, what kinds of securitization can we expect? And what are the major economic and market trends we should be aware of? Thanks, Tom. Absolutely. We believe equipment ABS will continue dominating in Mexico by number of deals placed, though RMBS should account for the greatest issuance amount, as we believe there could be some deals placed by Foviste for roughly five to $600 million and some other deals placed by private entities. Also, in our view, securitizations from fintechs could gain relevance, particularly those that have tapped the markets in other countries and have recently started operating in Mexico. We believe these entities could leverage their experience abroad. This year, we expect economic activity will increase 2.8% following a 5.8% expansion last year. However, in our view, structured finance deals will face several challenges, such as a relatively weak labor market, high inflation rates, and a sluggish economic recovery. Now, talking about the main asset classes, this year we anticipate credit stability to persist in commercial ABS transactions, most of which are backed by equipment, loans, and leases. In our view, there remains a fair amount of cushion between the observed performance and our base case loss assumptions. While we believe performance on these transactions will remain stable, the macroeconomic factors I just described before could again put pressure on the performance of the securitized portfolios. Nevertheless, we believe their credit enhancement continues to support their current ratings. As for RMBS deals, last year we noted a performance deterioration on deals originated by government agents in Fonavit as a result of higher unemployment in Mexico. Such deterioration was less severe in the deals originated by Foviste, reflecting greater stability on the public sector employees as opposed to those in the private sector. We forecast non-performing loans on Infonavit's deals could reach between 18 to 20% by year-end, and those on Fobista's transactions could close the year at about 10%. Despite the performance deterioration, we anticipate that the credit quality of Mexican RMBS will be stable this year. This is mainly due to the credit enhancement available for the deals, which allows them to withstand our stress scenarios commensurate with our current ratings. Argentina has struggled economically in recent years, although we're expecting GDP growth of 2.1% in 2022. Unemployment is forecast to be 9.3%, and the central bank policy rate could be near 40%, and we expect inflation to come in at slightly less than 50%. 
Each of these economic variables will play a role in the extent to which structured finance markets grow in the region. Daniela, give us a sense of how things look from the perspective of issuers and investors and which products and trends we should pay attention to in 2022. Sure. As you mentioned, economic conditions continue to be very challenging for Argentina. From the investor side, the main concern remains high inflation rate and loss of purchasing power, which could translate to higher losses. There's still an appetite for securitized products with a clear preference for dollar or inflation-linked and payroll loans-backed transactions like Fideicomiso Financiero Real Mutual and 17 de Enero. From the issuer side, obligors credit demand remains steady and we believe originators will continue monitoring their underwriting and collection policies to avoid a rapid decline in the credit pool's performance amid current macroeconomic conditions. We continue to expect new issuers related to agribusiness, which is the engine of Argentine's economy, and at the same time, there could be some new small non-financial institutions securitizing personal loans and credit card receivables, as we've seen last year with Fideicomiso Financiero, Empresur, and Collins. Overall, our expectations are that issuances in the Argentine market will be close to $1 billion. I'd like to thank our guests, Jose Kobayasi, Antonio Zelek, Marquez Fernandez, and Daniela Fernandez. Their new commentary, Latin America Structured Finance Outlook 2022, Expectations Are for Flat Issuance and Stable Collateral Performance, is available on our website, www.spglobal.com forward slash ratings. We'll catch you next time on Take Notes. To subscribe to Take Notes or to view our analyst research, go to spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Thank you for listening to Take Notes with Jim Manzi and Tom Schopflocker.